Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Blitz coming. Garoppolo sees it, fired, intercepted, and a clear route to the end zone for Mike Hughes. Touchdown. Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man, Flip Mozzie. Thank you for spending 15 minutes with me today. Finally, we have some news to talk about. AAF signings, the contract extensions, and the NFL schedule release. All that takes a back seat to the task at hand, the 2019 NFL Draft starting at 7 p.m. Central Time this Thursday. And so here we are for Flip's Draft Podcast. Before we get into the draft preview, we have to break down the huge, awesome Adam Thielen contract extension. It all began with a tryout. Thielen born and raised in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. After graduating from Minnesota State, Mankato wasn't a slouch at his D2 school. 2,800 receptions, 20 touchdowns in four years there. A top three Maverick receiver of all time. But that wasn't enough to get drafted into the league, or even get a post-draft undrafted free agent contract. Thielen had to try out in 2013, and on May 6, our Vikes signed him to a three-year, $1.5 million contract. Now, 290 catches, 3,900 yards, 19 touchdowns, and two Pro Bowl appearances later, the Vikes signed him to a four-year, $64 million contract extension. That's five times his career earnings to date, 32 times his original contract amount, and Adam Thielen deserves every penny. Thielen's easily a top 10 wideout and one half of the best receiver duo in the NFL. He's set to be a Viking through 2024 until the age of 34. Him and Stefan Diggs are both locked up now, and we see them leading this purple offense for years to come. And you know what? It might be nice to add a third stud receiver in the draft. Time to look for youth behind them. Another exciting pass catcher or a gadget type receiver who will let Diggs and Thielen go deep more often. The picture for what the Vikings need from the 2019 rookie class looks much clearer now. Josh Klein will fill one of the starting guard spots after Nick Easton, Mike Remmers, and Tom Compton all left town. But one more interior lineman, Brett Jones, is staying to be our Purple's backup center. And plenty of other backups signed as well. Amir Abdullah back in mini as a second or third running back. Sean Mannion will compete with Kyle Sloter for the backup quarterback spot. With most of the defense returning and depth spots filled, 
we can talk about draft needs. Every Vikings fan's number one priority, interior offensive line, the one clear need, and Minnesota may choose to fill that by drafting an offensive tackle, then sliding him or the veteran Riley Reed inside. Outside of offensive line, there's many other, let's call them soft spots in the Vikings starting lineup. So we'd like to see Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer look for upgrades. While I trust Shamar Steven over the long term, not all fans do. So Minnesota could be looking for a stud interior defensive lineman as well. Then there's tight end. The Vikings are sticking by Kyle Rudolph as expected. They didn't release him even though some saw him as a potential cap casualty. They didn't even restructure his contract like they did with Everson Griffin. Rudy is staying. That's a great thing. They'll still need to upgrade the tight end room, get a dynamic big receiving threat with Rudolph, David Morgan, and Tyler Conklin in the room. A joker tight end just isn't something our team has right now. Will the Vikings get another edge rusher behind Griffin, Daniil Hunter, and Steven Weatherly? Will they start to groom a linebacker to play with Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr in base formations? I'd personally like to see a safety because Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris aren't that young. But those are tertiary needs. Right now, we know offensive line is at the top. And the top of the draft is what we'll discuss today. Now, I'm no draft crush guy, but I do like to discuss which prospects make the most sense for our favorite team. And we'll do that today by reviewing who the Vikings have shown interest in. Over the past two months, Minnesota interviewed players at the scouting combine, they attended the Senior Bowl and Pro Days, and hosted prospects on draft visits. So we can look at the prospects they've spent the most time with and how they rank. Ten prospects today, only the guys our purple have met with, and my special composite rankings that mixes the Draft Network, the Ringer, CBS Sports, NFL.com, and finally, that special sauce, a double count of Jordan Reed's Big Board. So you're not going to get this top 10 list anywhere else. Starting at 10 now and working to number one, it begins with tight end Jay Sternberger. Minnesota put the Texas A&M product through a private workout. Sternberger didn't have a great combine. 32-inch vertical leap, 7.23 cone were both below Minnesota's target ranges for tight ends. But that's probably why he got a private workout. Get another look on a smooth pass catcher. The junior caught 48 balls for 830 yards and 10 touchdowns for the Aggies last year. 2018, his only year production, so there isn't too much tape, but it's good tape. Scouts love his route running, his soft hands. Jace needs to work on his blocking but has enough to make him a day two pick. If he slips into the third or fourth round, the Vikings must get this guy. Next up at number nine, another pass catcher, Debo Samuel. The South Carolina senior caught almost 150 balls over 2,000 yards in his collegiate career. Debo's 5'11", 214 pounds, make us think about him like a Percy Harvin, an exciting skill set where he can line up outside, in the slot, or in the backfield. 
This dude can return with four kick return touchdowns in college. Most importantly, like Percy, Debo is stocky, tough, competitive, a fit for any scheme, and a guy we should love if he's in purple by the end of this month. Some past injury issues probably make him a second round pick. Now, at number 8. Well, here we go. It's the start of the offensive line run that Vikings fans have been waiting for. Keep in mind these are all prospects our Purple have met with. So filling the main needs start here and pay attention to how many offensive linemen make this list. Number 8 is Chris Lindstrom. Spark God Chris Lindstrom, 97th percentile in Spark score. That shows Lindstrom wins with quickness and athleticism, not strength. Scouts see Chris as a polished interior lineman. He played both right tackle and right guard for Boston College, and right guard is the big hole for our Vikings. I don't think Lindstrom is anyone's preferred offensive lineman, but if there's an early run and Minnesota ends up here, we shouldn't be complaining. Lucky number seven, Dalton Reisner, a four-year starter from Kansas State locking down their right tackle position. Reisner is big and nasty, known for playing through the whistle and finishing blocks with style. Unlike most of the linemen on this list, the former Wildcat wins with strength more than quickness. That might not make him a scheme fit for Gary Kubiak and Rick Dennison, but he's incredibly consistent. Reisner has experience playing both center and right tackle in college. Some scouts project him as a guard in the pros if he struggles with NFL-level speed rushers. Personally, I love Dalton Reisner. Love the attitude, the swagger, the Minnesota Vikings offensive line needs that, but I get why he's ranked 7th here. Bottom line is any of these guys, Lindstrom, Reisner, Samuel Sternberger, would be a dream in the second round. Maybe some of them come into play after a trade down in the first round. It's time for the primo prospects. In the middle of these rankings sits Andre Dillard. Our sixth highest prospect carries a simple analysis. You know what you're getting with Dillard. The Washington State product protected the blind side over 39 straight games for the Cougars. 97th percentile spark score. Scouts say he's an incredible pass blocker and displays the body control and finesse that makes him perfect for Minnesota's zone scheme. You know this guy can pass block, but is it enough? Is his pass blocking prowess enough to offset his lack of experience in the run game? Maybe he can run block, but he wasn't asked to do it much in college, so there isn't much tape, no proof. Is his technique good enough to make up for his lack of power? There's a lot of questions here, so it makes sense that our Vikes did a private workout with Andre to answer some of those questions. If they liked what they saw, if Rick Dennison thinks he can develop Andre Dillard into a complete, well-rounded player, Dillard has extreme potential. Or he could be just a developmental type Minnesota doesn't have time for. Earlier on in these rankings, we talked about the athleticism of Chris Lindstrom in contrast to the strength of Dalton Reisner. Now we're talking about the raw potential of Andre Dillard in contrast to the complete scheme fit of Garrett Bradbury. 
Bradbury sits at number five. The senior from NC State is probably the cleanest interior offensive talent in this draft. He's got one clear positive, one clear negative. Let's start with the bad, then get to the good. The senior from NC State doesn't project as a prospect who fits multiple schemes. Most scouts seem to be concerned about his effectiveness in a gap or power blocking scheme. That's because in three years for the Wolfpack, he only played zone. But guess what? What do the Vikings run? A zone blocking scheme. And in that system, Bradbury was marvelous. Dominant in the run game, consistent protecting the quarterback. Extremely athletic, 92nd percentile spark score, and year one impact should be expected. Garrett's a center. That means moving the current center, Pat Elfline, over to guard to accommodate this draft pick. And some fans hesitate with that idea. We love Elf, but he's been an average center. He was better at guard in college. And if you draft a plug-and-play guy like Garrett Bradbury, you have to plug him into his best position. I expect Bradbury to be on the board at 18, and I expect our Vikings to take him. For the fourth offensive lineman in position four, it's Cody Ford. It's the Oklahoma tackle that's straight up honestly the most widespread realistic pick for Minnesota. Look, we all hope for all of these players in varying degrees. There's one prospect that has consensus. It's Ford. Cody's overall ranking is right around 18, where Minnesota selects. Looking at the Daily Norseman and their mock draft database, 34% of mock drafts have the Vikings picking Ford. And that's a great thing. Solves the need with a massive raw talent who picked up technique quickly during just one year starting for the Sooners. A versatile lineman who played both tackle and guard in college. All Rick Spielman needs to do is draft Cody Ford, give him to offensive line coach Rick Dennison to finish his polish, and we should see Ford grow into his elite potential. Now, the creme de creme, the top three. All these offensive prospects, but here we slide in a defender. Third highest prospect, that Mississippi State defensive tackle, Jeffrey Simmons. Simmons is a highly touted first step pass rusher who wins with quick bursts of power to disrupt opposing backfields. Scouts love his arsenal, the swim move, his rip, and a club to defeat offensive linemen. There are actually thoughts that playing out of position as an undersized nose tackle diminished his production in college. That means Jeff's best days could be ahead of him as a pro. But to do that, Simmons will need to overcome an ACL tear and a horrible domestic violence incident. It wouldn't surprise me if some teams tag him undraftable, even the Vikings, if they didn't give him a private workout this spring. Maybe Rick and Zim will give him a second chance. A chance to be a star three-tech in the NFL. Here's my personal favorite at number two. A break from all these boring linemen. Some sizzle and pop on the Vikings offense could be added with Noah Fant's elite athletic profile. The junior tight end from Iowa caught 78 balls in college, 1,038 yards, 19 touchdowns. That's a 13.9 yards per reception clip. Fant is a receiver first and a blocker second. 
a mismatch creator, an X-Factor who beats coverages with both size and speed. For the Vikings, who have an aging Kyle Rudolph and a great blocking tight end in David Morgan, fans' place in the offense is easily visualized. No prospect in this draft matches talent, need, and fit for Minnesota like Noah Fant does. Noah Fant is a guy who gets you giddy if he's in purple. He's a new toy we crave to make our offense dynamic. And finally, the number one prospect, man, do we hope he falls. He probably won't, but this guy would be a dream. It's the offensive tackle from Alabama, Jonah Williams. The best lineman in college football, first team All-American in 2018, after 44 career starts for the Crimson Tide. Williams started his career on the right side, then flipped to anchor the left side. The 21-year-old is regarded as a tactician. Excellent footwork, power, and mobility. Some scouts question his arm length. All scouts like him as a day one starter in the NFL. Jonah provides flexibility. If that reach hurts him as a tackle, he can move inside to guard, and that's a great thing because no matter where he plays, he's projected to anchor an offensive line for years. It's hard to think Jonah will be there at 18. If he is, this is the guy you jump up and down for when the Vikings are on the clock. Pray he falls. Pound the table hard. Imagine the Vikings offensive line rebuild finishing around Jonah Williams. So that's the list. 10 prospects, the full range of targets at the top of the draft. From the dream to some solid day two options. My personal favorites are Debo Samuel, Andre Dillard, Garrett Bradbury, and Noah Fant. The Vikings met with all these studs, and that alone tells you about their draft strategy. There's 9 offensive players out of the 10, just 1 defender on the list. And of those offensive players, 6 are offensive linemen, 2 tight ends. Don't listen to those guys expecting Minnesota to draft an edge rusher or a cornerback. It's clear they're prioritizing offense, trying to find blockers near the top. So with that said, the stage is set. Let me know which guy you like of these 10, and let's see what happens on Thursday. Climbing the Pocket will be here all week long before, during, and after the draft. Till next time, y'all. Skull Vikes. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. 
There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.